here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Ali, great to be with you today, sir. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be back, you know, with the follow-up of last week's conversation. I mean, it was just, uh, it's one of those topics where, you know, we could probably do, you know, a few months just on it itself, right? Yeah, and I, and I like that, um, you know, for us as school owners that, you know, we can actually come to the conclusion that we have value in our program, that we should have value in our program, believe in it. But the thing is, you know, how do we, number one, how do we truly believe in it, I guess, uh, in order to overcome that price objection? But then number two, um, you know, how do we transfer that belief to the other people? Now, before we get into that, I do want to remind everybody, go back and listen to the call, the, the first part of this call if you did not hear it. Um, you'll want it, not that you can't follow along, but uh, it also sets this call up a little bit better. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we talked about was uh, having rules with regards to your price for your school and not giving out all of these different freebies and such. And, and uh, if you do do that, you really need to track those so you know how much you're actually losing. Because when it comes right. to uh, giving those things away, you, listen, listen, uh, you as a school owner, are actually paying for those out of your pocket. Even though we're a service-based business, you really are paying for those things out of your pocket because somebody else could be filling that position uh, and, and actually paying you money and rather than you losing money. So with that being said, let's move into uh, today's call. And um, I know, again, the first part is we kind of need to talk about, um, you know, building the value in our own schools so that when we get up to the price objection, there really should be no objection. And I, I don't know about you, Allie, but I personally think that, it, it, number one, it all begins with the individual, and they have to believe in their products and services uh, for them. So what would you say to school owners on why they should uh, believe in their own product? Well, I mean, first off, I mean, you know, the, the martial arts in general, and I've said this, to me, it's like the magic pill. You know, it not only helps people with, you know, whatever self-defense or how to defend themselves and fight, but it has a host of different benefits that are entirely life-changing. It literally is that one thing that I believe could be plugged in to most ailments in someone's life, whether it be, um, you know, a kid who has ADD or someone who's autistic or someone who's overweight or someone who has no confidence or someone who got beat up or is being bullied or had been attacked or raped, you know, whatever the case may be, the martial arts, if taught correctly, and I want to put a big quote finger up on that one, by a good yes. legit school and a good teacher, um, this could literally change people's lives forever. And I've heard it, you've heard it, I've been in business almost this November, will be 25 years, and, um, and it's, uh, you know, I've seen people, like for example, you and I were in Atlantic City two weekends ago, and, uh, or three now, and um, stranded there, and one of my students who hadn't trained in 10 or 11 years got me on Facebook and said, hey, would you mind, you know, not, you know, how would you like me to do it, but would you mind if I went to your house, he didn't even know where I lived, and snow blowed your driveway and cleared all your walkways so when you get home, because the roads are bad, um, you know, it'll be ready for you. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing, right? And, you know, so these people, they remember what you give them and, you know, how much you've changed their lives and it will stick with them whether they're training or not for the rest of their lives. So that's right. why I believe I have a value. And then when you're able to express that and, and in your sales procedures or your sales presentation, get that point across, 
um, man, it, you know, if someone really believes what you're saying, most people will jump on board and they're not going to say, oh, 120 or 130 because for $10 I'll go down the road and not get any of what you just said or am I right. going to just drop for 10 bucks, right? So it should be an easy sale, right? And that yeah. should be to the program. Yeah, and I, I, I here's here's uh, I'm going to tag along with that because um, it's 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 one thing for you yourself to be able to believe in it because you are a representation of the product, right? Right. I mean, we're all representations of the product, and we know that you know again a, a good legitimate school like you said with your quote fingers, um, you your your black belts, your teachers that are there with you should be a good legitimate uh, evidence of that product, but right. Until you're able to actually um, articulate that, I think that's where the, the, the gap is. And so what I would encourage school owners to do is to write down, and they probably have done this at some point anyways, but kind of write down their own testimony about martial arts, the things right. that it did for them. And then go through your, your instructors that teach for your black belt or whatever. And we do this strategically anyways with regard to the fact right. that we have a black belt essay that they have to yep. write. And exactly. you know, we get those and we read them. But I would go back and have your your staff do this and write down the benefits that they have gotten from the martial arts and then compile all those together um and you know and then and then once you compile those together I would say uh read those aloud in your staff meetings so that right. everybody gets saturated with the effects and even if they have a story about another kid because you know the parents shared that story with them put that in there as well because what that's going to do is that's going to help reinforce your, uh, you know, yourself. It's going to help reinforce your uh, students, or excuse me, your instructors when they're teaching. And so when they're out there on the floor, they know that they're not, and again, there's nothing uh, uh, wrong with flipping burgers, but they're not just flipping burgers. You know, they're not just making the snow cone or whatever. Those are honest jobs. But they have something that's, I think, a little bit more valuable um, right. And so I would start off that way so that they can, you know, the school owner needs to build value in their own head and be able to articulate that. But then they, the, the, um, you know, the, own, the, the students, or excuse me, the staff needs to build value for themselves and be able to articulate that. And right. I think that's where it starts. And then those things should go into your marketing. Those things should be on your website, and not just testimonials, but you can create those into stories um, about, you don't even have to name the person, but it could be a story about Johnny and how, you know, he used to be picked on and then he started karate and blah, 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 blah. I mean, those are the things that the, the, the parents are going to, if you're, if you're speaking to a parent. And then the same thing, uh, if you're speaking to an adult, you do that with your adult population as well. And you find out and you figure out you know, what it is that, that your school, how it has benefited them, and you translate that into your sales letters or your videos. or, or you, It needs to just permeate your marketing so much so that even when they come in and your, your, your welcome letter and the testimonials that you give them, um, the sayings on the wall with the pictures of the people and, you know, all those things need to be in and in, in have some cohesiveness but they need to tell a story so that when, you know, somebody walks into your school for the first time um, because they've been there, you know, uh, they've read your article or they've been online or, you know, they heard about you from somebody else, they're just, that just permeates uh, that. And, and so much so, I guess where I'm going with this is that not only do you believe it, not only do your staff believe it, 
not only do your current clients believe it, but when somebody walks in, um, they are already sold or almost sold. They almost already believe it because of all the information and all of all of the experience that they had prior to actually doing the class. And then the icing on the cake is them coming in and doing the trial, whether it's a one-on-one trial, whether it's a month of lessons or whatever it is, the experience that they have needs to match uh, that marketing material that was out there. And if it does, I, I truly believe that price normally isn't an objection per se, right. meaning, meaning that they see the value. Price only might be an object, objection because they, they honestly can't afford it. And that's where you, you want your program to be. You want it to be so valuable in their eyes that when they actually find out what the price is, they're like, they're either, whew, man, I thought it was going to be more expensive than that. Or they're, they're, they're scrounging going, how in the world can I come up with this money? Cause I physically, you know, I, I don't have that money physically, but if I give up smoking or if I give up drinking or if I give up, you know, buying the lotto tickets every week or whatever, I, I would be able to afford this for my kid. I mean, that's, and I, and I'll, I'll be totally transparent. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not perfect. I don't, you yeah. know, I, that's what I'm shooting for. And because I have a goal, I'm closer to that than I would, would be otherwise. So I don't want the listeners to think that, you know, I have it all together and that I don't continually work on this because it is something that's a work in progress. Then it goes back to our last call last week where we talked about the fact that, you know, we need to have those stats uh, in order to know how I'm doing. And then uh, once I have those stats, I can't, I'm able to read them and know what my, my temperature gauge is in my school so that I can adjust things. And so, I mean, I, can, I could keep going, but is there anything you wanted to add so far? No, I, I, I feel like I've taken over this call. Oh, no, dude, I like it. I, and you know what? I, there's so many things running through my head about what you had said. So, number one, I'll just recap some of the things that stood out in my mind. So, so number one is um, when, when, for the school owners that are listening, it's about first believing and – well, here, the, the thing is to first know what you do. Some teachers don't know how valuable they are, so they don't believe it, right? So they don't, because they don't know what they don't know. So like now you've pointed out a bunch of things, I've pointed out a bunch of things that are, that are what makes people make decisions. You know, uh, the cleanliness of your school, having a theme-based curriculum, having age-appropriate training, having a school that has a lobby maybe that people feel comfortable in and they can make and make friendships and talk to like-minded people and, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, and all of that has a lot to do with why a person, not just a kid or a parent with a child, but even adults join your school. So a good portion of it is about learning real deal martial arts maybe, but another portion is how the feeling you get when you go to the school, how you leave and you, I mean, I, it's like a band of brothers. I remember when I trained and we would get the crap kicked out of us you know, by my teacher, and he was hardcore, um, but we would band together afterwards, and we'd go lick our wounds, and go out and get a cup of coffee, and you know, you felt like a band of brothers, like in the military, where you had this un, uh, unbreakable bond, and still to this day, I see those people that I trained with 25, 30 years ago, um, the majority of them, and we're super close, so, um, so anyway, you know, that, there's so many benefits as to why your school is so special. However, um, I wrote an article, and I think we gave this away one time. It was called Look, 
um, or did you know? And it's about, you know, basically the article was like, did you know that we've been in business for 24, going on 25 years? People would go, oh, no, I, I didn't know that. Holy mackerel. Did you know that, you know, Shion Alley has gone to Japan 17 times and trained with the people who invented the art? You know, it sounds like some people, I, I talked to, I, I just had a, a school owner, a client of mine, um, he, for his next test, he had to go and, and live as a blind person for an entire week. So he had a few pictures up on Facebook with him with these bandages over his eyes. And, um, you know, and I said to him behind the scenes, is that all you're going to put out? I mean, this is pretty exciting stuff. You know, you should journal what you went through, the feelings and the struggles you had and the appreciation you have for blind people now and, you know, what it took for you to actually do this journey. And it was part of his next Don level, next, you know, next rank level in Black Belt. And I thought that was outstanding. So I'm going to actually write a press release for him because he's not great at writing that press release. He's going to get me all the info, tell me what he did, and I'm going to write the press release. And then he's going to put that out within his school because some of his students don't even know why he did it and what the value of it was, and what he learned from it, and then he's going to put it on the back of a flyer, and he's going to distribute it around town, and then he's going to send it out to all the local newspapers and radio stations. So, I mean, there's a lot to be said for acts like that, and how you spin them, so to speak, or how you educate your clientele on what you do. Um, by the way, this conversation started with us having rules in our business, right? So we maybe should, when I say rules, you should have a system that says when something special goes on in your school, number one, you do X. Two, you do, you know, you know this. Number three, you do that, you know, and, and that's your system for press, right? You know, how do we get, first thing, we write an article. Second thing, we get it to the paper. Third thing, we put it into a flyer, what I call an advertorial, and put the article on the back, the flyer on the front, or vice versa. And then, you know, number four, distribute it. You know, mail it to all your old students. You know, mail it to people who have quit, who people who never signed up and say, I thought you might just think this was interesting. And, you know, people read it. And it's, you know, submissively, you know, trickle marketing, right? Yep, yep. So, I mean... So, yeah. Go ahead. No, you no, go. I was going to say... Okay. Um, no, I was going to say that uh, it's, it's all about building value. It's all about building experience and true experience, not false experience. I mean... Uh, you bring your child, you know, you bring your, your six or seven-year-old child to uh, to Disney, there's going to be an experience that's attached along to that, and there's going to be a price tag <laughs> that's attached along to that experience, and Disney does not bat an eye um, that that price is that high. Um, and by the way, speaking to- of Disney price tags, I just had a family that went to Florida, and they did Disney, and they did Universal, and they said it was like $1,400 to $1,600 a day for them to go to each one of those parks. So we're talking three to $4,000 for a two-day experience, maybe three. So when we look at that and we say, okay, but people will save the entire year, and that doesn't include hotel and flights and all the other junk that goes along with it. So they're, they're taking their income tax returns, and they're getting um, you know, all their money saved, and they're going to go away for a week maybe and get a week of experience and spend four, five, six thousand dollars right, with dinners and all that stuff. Yet we're, if, if we're charging $130 a month, we're charging $1,600, $1,800 a year or even $2,000 a year, let's just say, um, for the entire year and life-changing experiences. I, I mean, I don't remember a kid getting into a better college because he got to go on It's a Small World, you know, in Disney. <laughs> you know, oh, thanks. Remember- now I've got that sound in my head. Thanks. 
But yeah, well, me too, right? So, but you know what I mean? So like, why are we not understanding of, you know, of what we give? And, you know, why do we think like, oh my God, like I have a guy right now I'm coaching and, and he charges like $75, $80 a month. And I'm like, you could do better. And he's like, well, not in my area. I said, well, in fact, I have four other clients that I coach right in your general vicinity. And he knows them. That's why he's calling me. And I go, they're all charging almost double what you're charging. He goes, yeah, but I have a really, you know, working class. I'm like, dude, that's all fake. It's none of it, what you're saying has any truth to it. Because right around the corner, they're charging double what you're charging. So forget your right. system. Erase what you're trying to convince yourself of. And trust yeah. that you are worth and valued at what you're going to claim. And I guarantee you, I had another client who said, after I made him change his prices, he's like, I felt dirty. Like, and people started signing up at the higher amount, and it was easy. And I felt like, oh, my God, what am I doing? I'm like, dude, no, you're getting what you're worth, and probably not even near what you're worth. Well, I can remember, uh, you know, sitting across from a parent one time, and, and this, is, this is just a tactic that, um, that you guys can use. And, and I don't mean tactic in a bad way. Let me explain it. You know, I had them say to me, you know, $169 a month is, is a lot. And I just fed it back to them. And I just said, um, $169 is a lot. Yeah. And then I just shut up. Because right. what they want me to do is they want me to justify it or they want me to defend it. And I've already done that with all of my material. Right. Um, so either A, I didn't do a good enough job, or B, they're trying to, you know, basically uh, work me to see if I right. will cave. And, yeah. you know, I, and, and I would always um, implore, you know, and just I suggest that school owners do that. You feed the price back to them. Right. You know, and then if they want to talk about justification, if they really genuinely say that, you know, I don't, I don't think that the program is worth that much. I would ask them, well, you know, why do you not think that it's worth that much? Right. And you know what? I also go one a little bit further on that similar to what you do, and I might say compared to what? You know, they'll say, well, $130 is a lot, and I'd say compared to what? And then they'd have to give me some sort of reference. Well, my kid goes to dance, and, and then I would say, well, how many days a week do they do dance? And, you know, when was the last time that you saw someone stop being bullied because they were in dance or I might ask them those questions and say have you seen dance incredibly change their lives sometimes yes sometimes no you know so you just need to like you had said you need to sit back sometimes and just ask that question to put some reference and the other thing is sometimes people legitimately just don't know like they haven't been shopping martial arts, so maybe they have absolutely no reference. They pay for T-ball for the season, $120 for the season, because it's mostly a volunteer kind of thing. So they're saying, oh, well, I thought it was going to be this. Like I was trying to sell a website the other day, and the guy, um, I, I didn't clarify price ahead of time, and I said, oh, my lowest price on my website is $79.99 a month. And he's like, oh, my God, I only pay $10 a month. And I'm like, well, what do you get for $10? He goes, well, I don't get anything. I just have a website that the girl designed. So when was the last time it was updated? You know, according to your seminar schedule, it's 2012 when you had your last women's self-defense seminar. It's still there, you know, up on the website. You know, so when you look at that, you go, okay, so what is, what is it that you're getting? Again, well, that's, that's the key, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've had that too before where I've said, you know, $169 is, is a lot. And then right. they'll say, well, yeah, you know, the guy over on such and such street, you know, he only charges $125. And I'll say, okay, but what are you getting with that? 
Right. And then they have to tell me, oh, I don't know. Okay. Right. Well, did you well, did you know that, that he charges uh, extra for testing, anywhere from 35 to $55 a test? Did you know that, you know, in order to be part of that organization, you have to pay a $50 to $100 fee every single year to be involved with that? Did you know that, you know, and, and, and then I just say, you know, look, our price is all inclusive. Um, you don't, you got, you, all you have to do is budget that. You know, the problem is one, one, one month is testing for your kid and um, you don't uh, have the money because your car broke down and, you know, the extra money. You had the, you had the $125 for the month, but you don't right. have the extra 55 bucks for the test because, you know, your car broke down. What do you do then? Yeah, you know it, that's why I budget everything, and so I, you know I kind of draw out that we're that we're all inclusive, that we're different. You know, I'm not going to nickel and dime you to death, and I don't because everything is included uh, in that price. And that's and that by the way, we, my, my we brand, lost, but yeah. Well, by the way, we lost a student recently because my program manager, a new one, um, wasn't able to get that point across. So they said, "Oh well, we joined down the road, and it was fifteen dollars less." And so I'm like, "Okay, you know, like." Did, did, I know that school, if the program manager would have said all the things that you just said, you know, do you know that we, we don't charge for testing? Um, they do. Do you, know that, you know, do you know that we give out perfect attendance awards and we don't charge you? We do sticker systems. We don't charge you. You get rewards based all the time. Um, we don't charge. We do striping. There's no extra cost. You know, we offer all these classes. And then those are the, those are the ancillary benefits, right? The, and then what they should be saying is, do you realize that Shian Ali has been doing martial arts for 47 years, traveled to Japan 17 times, was one of the highest ranks in blah, 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 blah. You know, that kind of thing, because that's the real benefit. You know, you could be with a student teacher or you could be with the professor kind of mindset, right? So, right, um, right. you know, there's so many ways for people to show value. But anyway, back to our initial topic, we wanted to make sure that people understood the rules, but at the same time, understand their value so that they could charge prices and believe in what they do. So, Dwayne, what do you do like when someone comes in and they says, well, you know, you say your program is, and how much do you charge per month for the, for the low-end program? It's $139 a month. Okay. So I say to you, well, that's really nice. I, I, I'm willing to give you 105 for my kids, what would you, you know? So, I, so I, I, I would feed that back to them again. I would say you, you're, you're willing to give me a, a hundred and five, right? And they would say right. yeah, and I would say, but the price is one thirty nine. Yeah, when was the last time they could walk into a diner or a restaurant and say, I realized that for the eggplant parmesan, I went to my favorite vegan restaurant last night. And, uh, you know, I would, it would be nice if I could say, I realize the eggplant parmesan, the vegan eggplant parmesan is, you know, $19.99 for the meal, but I'm willing to give you $11.99 for it. They'd go, I, I don't understand. Then you're not getting right. the eggplant parmesan. Maybe you yeah. want the appetizer. Like, there wouldn't be any room for negotiation, right? They, you and I, I look at it and I'm like, I don't want to do that. I'm not allowing people to dictate my value and, and by the way, you know and I know that the more you discount your rates, of course, the people who are, who are savvy um, bargainers or the people who are you know, less uh, likely to be able to afford your program or the people who are cheap, they have the money but they won't spend it, are going to tell their friends the experience they had and how you caved under pressure and just you know, stick with them a little harder, tell them you're not going to buy and you want this deal. 
right? Like, well, and when- yeah, and not not only that, but to make matters worse, is the fact that um, when they when they know that they can get you on that, they they know that they can get you on other things, and there's other principles that you will be willing to budge on. And I'm not saying that you're going to be willing to go rob a bank, you know, with them, but. What I'm saying is they, they, they now know that they can talk you into things. And I don't know, I'm sure you found this to be true, but the people that pay the less always complain the most. I mean, the people that pay the least amount of money are always the ones that, that tax you the most, meaning that they want the most out of you, they, they expect the most from you, they aren't happy. Uh, I mean, they are always, hands down, the, the, the people, for me anyways, that I have the most problems with. How about you? Right. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I've had people, and, you know, I've probably talked about it because I'm sure I talk about some of the same things over and over again. But, um, I mean, I probably talked about it on one of our calls where I've had people that have bargained me down and I felt like I was, you know, really saving their family because they were broke and they needed me or else the kid was not going to have, you know, my program. And, you know, then, of course, he would turn to a life of drugs, prostitution, you know, uh, bank robbery if he didn't have me. So I'm like, I'm going to do it. And then the next thing they do is pull up in a Ferrari kit car or a brand new Lexus. <laughs> By yeah. the way, those are two real, real situations where I – and I felt like such a heel because I had just bent over backwards and given them a deal, literally taking money out of my own family's mouth to help them. And then they showed me that they didn't, they didn't care. They were just playing with me so they could get a better deal so he could drive a Lexus. And by the way, here's one thing that you should realize, not you, but the listeners should realize that people will always, well, not everybody, but the majority of people in our society will find a way to get what they want if they want it bad enough. And like when I say to someone like, you know, hey, listen, you know, if you want to really train, go, you know, like you said, uh, I had a student who couldn't afford it, so he stopped smoking. And he took that money, hundred and at the time, we're talking 20 years ago, $150, $180 a month, and he stopped smoking and he put it towards tuition because he wanted the martial arts that bad. You know, I've had people that gotten second jobs. And, you know, for the people, you know, and also you have to be a creative thinker. When a mom says, well, I really can't afford it, I would say, do you have a grandparent, maybe your parents, that may want to maybe give Johnny his birthday present would be to pay half his tuition? Oh, my God, I never thought about that. You know, or maybe instead of buying him that ugly sweater at Christmas and getting him another game, and like I'm looking at my um, my daughter when she cleaned her room, clothes after clothes that don't even fit her anymore that I bought her for the holidays years ago that have labels on them that are brand new. You know, instead of buying that, if I couldn't afford it, I would have put it towards tuition. So um, it really all depends. You know, they say the average home that's in poverty has three big screen TVs or flat panel TVs, and everyone's carrying a a smartphone of some sort, right, which is, you know, smartphones with the phone bill, you're looking at $150 a month, right? So when you look at what people prioritize, if they really want it, can they get it? Absolutely. So you shouldn't let them beat you over the head and take that money, and this is the way I was able to change my mindset, take the money out of my my daughter's college fund and my family's mouth, um, you know, by giving them the better deal and letting them get away with me. Meanwhile, when I had a family that did it to me, and right afterwards they went out to celebrate at the local diner. And I'm not talking a restaurant. I'm talking a, a, uh, like a, a regular diner. And um, they were eating lobsters, the entire family, all six of them at the table. And I walked in and I saw them eating lobster after they just beat me up for $20 a month in tuition. Right. And I, walked over, I walked over to the table and said, I hope you are going to enjoy this meal because you're either going to pay me full price on tuition or you're not going to train with me. And because I, I see what you're eating is what you couldn't afford. That meal was yeah. four months of tuition, five months of tuition. 
yep. you know, of, of what they were claiming they couldn't afford, right? So anyway, long story short, we have to know our net worth. And these are our rules. What are our rules for that? You know, when do we give a discount? Me and my school, I do first member and second member full price, third member 10% off, fourth member 20% off. Fifth member, I'll work out a family package. I may throw in a few Black Boat Club memberships because it doesn't cost me anything, um, and I'll work a complete deal and maybe say 450 or $500 a month for a family of five. And, um, you know, if I had 20 of those, I'd be making a fortune. Right, right. right. So, again, what are your rules for your life? What, you know, what rules do you have for your business? We need well, to have any – yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you're, you're, no, you're right. We need to have them, and, and we need to evaluate them too. So, number one, um, school owners, you need to decide whether or not you're going to give the deals, and if you are, who, you, who you're going to give them to. And, and really, if you're a deal maker all the time, you really need to decide, you know what, I'm, if I'm going to do scholarships, I'll do – you know, one or two full scholarships a year and maybe, you know, one or two partial and that's it. And once they're used up, they're used up. And then you don't have to feel guilty anymore. Because I know that I had to, I had to do that in the beginning and just say that, you know, I, I was going to do that. The other thing is um, uh, I, I made a deal with my head instructor because I'm still too nice, right? And so right. I told my head instructor that if, if, if uh, you know, if I do a deal with somebody, then I'm going to pay you a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so if, if they're not going to pay me one thirty nine a month, if I'm going to go ahead and do that one Oh five, right. <laughs> first month's tuition is going to Mr. Bean. I'm going to pay him $105 or excuse me, a hundred dollars. And that's my money. Like that's money I could be keeping. And right. so to me that I had to do something personally that would hurt me in order to slap my hand um, metaphorically, if that makes sense, because yeah. I was, I was given away. I, I have a, you know, I like to say I have a big heart or, or maybe I'm just a softy. Uh, maybe it's both, but I had to, I had to put, uh, I had to put some walls up that would stop me from doing that. And now it's not to say that I haven't done some before now, you know, where I've set up some sort of barter, you know what I mean? Where, uh, I mean, I have, I have somebody that, that cleans my carpets every month. I have right. a carpet machine. I bought the carpet machine, but they come in the second Sunday of every month and they clean the carpets. I have an, I have another family that uh, uh, cleans um, the, the studio every single weekend from top to bottom. You know, I have another another one that comes in every Wednesday and cleans, and they get a portion right. off. And then I have another another one that comes every Tuesday and Thursday and cleans, and you know that they get a portion off. And and so you can be creative with that, but you got to create the rules. And if you're going to do some sort of you know bartering you need to have an agreement that's signed um so that you know those individuals have are held accountable and you have to personally you have to um hold them accountable like you would your own employees okay uh if they don't show up for work if they don't you know do the job correctly and 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 then again that falls back on having rules for your employees too and that's a whole other call uh, so it's okay to be um giving. It's okay to be altruistic. It's okay to want to do that. Understand, though, that when you do that, you are taking away from yourself. You are physically paying for that individual if you give it to them, and they are not paying you for that. That is, and you may be thinking to yourself, well, I wouldn't have got them in the first place. Well, maybe you wouldn't have. Like, if you didn't give them a deal, you wouldn't have got them. But I will tell you that if you have a a very good program and a valued program, somebody else will eventually come and fill that spot. And you know, we talk about building your business business strategically. 
you have to understand that you can only fit so many people on that floor anyways and, and it be operable. I mean, if you have a, a floor, you know, you really can only fit 20 to 30 people on your floor depending on your size and that's it. And so for that hour, that's, that's, that's the only amount of people that you can fit in there. And it would be to your benefit, obviously, since you're paying rent on that space or even if you own it, you're paying a mortgage on that space to make the most, make the most money in that time that you can um, because we, we, as martial arts school owners, that's where we make the bulk of our money is at night. You, there are some day classes, but nothing like what you can make at night. So you have to fill those spots with paying people. And if you right. don't, then it's, it's coming out of, it's actually coming out of your pocket. So um, any last, uh, last comments? Cause I know that we, and I feel like we've covered this pretty well. I, I mean, I think maybe Dwayne, I, we did this as a two-parter. I would almost venture to say, and you tell me yes or no right now on the air, um, that maybe we should do a third call and maybe list out some some rules on, you know, what we think or maybe systems of how, like, for example, um, how many times do you call people back after they called you um, and then maybe they're not answering the phone and then, you know, put together maybe four or five different samples for school owners so they could understand how to kind of coordinate this setup, you know, so that they could, you know, it's not going to sound overwhelming, like, oh, my God, Allie and Dwayne talking about yet another system. Damn it, I just want to, I'm a one-man show. I have, you know, two people. I just want to teach martial arts, and they keep talking about all these rules and all these systems and all these stats, you know. So what do you think? Yeah, and is this going to be just specifically to price objection or, or price rules or just rules in general? I think we should do how people could um, establish rules uh, for their business, all rules, you know, whether it be how many times to call back someone, how many times to, uh, you know, what's your policy on refunds, you know, maybe give them a few, just a few scenarios, and then they could plug that methodology into all the aspects of their business that they want to work on. Okay. Yeah, I think that that's good. I don't know that it, 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 that it's a part three in this theme, although it, it branches off in two. But yeah, I agree. Let's do it. Awesome. So good. So we'll do that next time. So I mean, I guess we will close up today. I hope everyone had a, you know had got a lot out of this, and I hope that they could take what we're talking about and actually implement it, and um, be on the lookout for something that Dwayne and I are going to be releasing quite soon um, that I think is going to be revolutionary to our industry and really help school owners. Yeah, and I just want to remind everybody that uh, our Martial Arts Business Manifesto, we've gotten a lot of great reviews on that. Um, if you're looking to download that or would like to, um, feel free to go to schoolownertalk.com. It's right there uh, on the right-hand side. Also, there's a free video, uh, no opt-in required, that's on there for the, uh, the, the, the top 20 mistakes that school owners make. So you can feel free to watch that video at your leisure as well. Again, um, Allie, thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk, uh, talk to everybody next week. Thanks, Allie. Yep. Take care, Dwayne.